Hey there, this is Clay with ModernLove.Life, where we help you get the great loving relationship that you're looking for without having to play mind games, without having to play hard to get, and without having to pretend to be someone or something that you are not, because I believe that you deserve to be loved for the person that you are. And if you agree with me, do me a favor, support this channel by giving this video a thumbs up and by subscribing if you are not already. Um, also, if you would like to get a little bit more of a daily dose of strategy of what to do in your particular situation, please make sure that you're also signed up for our newsletter over at relationshipinnergame.com if you're not already. Um, and please make sure that you consider joining one of our courses if it seems like it's a good fit for you. Um, probably the most applicable course that we have for this particular uh, video and the people that are likely to watch this one is the Exolution program. You can learn more about that over at modernlove.life slash ESP. Links to all those things are down in the description box as well as links to social media accounts and uh, things like that. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about how to contact your ex after no contact. Now, I want to make this clear and that is that not everybody needs to do no contact. No contact, in my opinion at least, is not something that you should just automatically do no matter what your situation is. I think it's very dangerous to turn your brain off and to just do no contact because somebody on the internet told you that you always need to do it. Um, I think that you need to feel into the situation to understand the dynamics at play and to know if no contact is the right thing for you to do or not the right thing for you to do. Um, just as a general rule of thumb, my point of view is that if interacting together with your ex is causing the two of you to get further and further apart, causing interactions to feel bad, causing the two of you to not come together again, then no contact is probably a good idea because it allows you to step back from what clearly isn't working and to reevaluate what's going on. Um, if on the other hand you are having interactions that are bringing the two of you closer and closer together, um, then hey, something's working, no need to do no contact. So with that being said, if you have gone ahead and done no contact, for the sake of this video, I'm going to assume that it's because something in the past wasn't working in your interactions, okay? So with that being said, uh, there's really two main ways that you can go about contacting your ex after no contact. The first is, uh, let's go ahead and start with the extreme example. So the first is, if you and your ex are having interactions that, or if, if you and your ex are not in a good place emotionally, if, um, if there's a lot of hurt feelings, if there's a lot of pain, if there's a lot of drama, if there's a lot of history, if there's a lot of baggage, if there's a lot of stuff that maybe you did, maybe they did, maybe you said, maybe they said, whatever, that's sort of forming a wall that's keeping them from actually feeling comfortable talking to you or interacting with you, then that is something that you need to address first. It doesn't matter what you do or how you approach it. If they are still holding on to pain and hurt, then they're not going to be able to be open and receptive to talking to you. It's just going to form this wall that is impenetrable and, you know, no amount of you know, like positive memory texts or whatever other types of text messages uh, other folks are talking about um, are going to be able to penetrate that because they're still pissed off, they're still hurt, they're still angry, they're still whatever they might be feeling. And if that's the case, then the most important thing for you to do is to directly address whatever they're holding on to head on. 
And you know, a couple days ago, I did a video on how to get your ex to forgive you. Uh, put a link up there in the uh, info card um, in the recording for this video that will take you to that video so you can go ahead and review that. But basically what you want to do is you want to acknowledge how your ex likely feels. You want to explain to them what you were thinking as you did it, as you said it, as you whatever. Express to them your intention in doing that and then apologize without defense. Again, if you want to learn more about all of this, go check out that other video. Um, but this will hopefully allow your ex to let go of any pain or hurt that they're holding on to that could potentially be keeping them from opening up and actually having a conversation with you and actually being able to connect with you on an emotional level. Once your ex lets go of that hurt, lets go of that pain, then they can actually start to open up again and actually have the capacity to connect with you. So that's the extreme example. That's if you've done no contact and um, you know your ex is really holding on to some sort of hurt, pain, drama, whatever from the past. The other side of that coin is if maybe that isn't the case and maybe, you know, things are more or less okay with your ex, you know, there's no like big thing that they're still holding on to or anything like that, but you've still done no contact for any number of reasons. And if that's the case, then the best way to reestablish contact with your ex is through a, um, just a, just a casual sort of probing message where you're just testing them to see how they're going to respond. Um, this is probably going to be something casual that you send to them about, you know, something that you saw or heard or observed as you went about your day that maybe reminded you of them, reminded you of something that they like, reminded you of some memory that the two of you shared together or something like that. You don't need to overthink this. It just needs to be something casual, something um, not too heavy, not something like really you know, relationship focused or anything like that, but just something like, hey, I happened to see a poster on a street pole the other day and it was your favorite band and I noticed they're gonna come into town. You know, something as simple as that. And what you're doing is you're basically just testing them to see how they're going to respond to you. If they respond to you in a positive way where they're ready to engage with you, where they're ready to open up, where they're ready to um, talk to you and um, all of that, that's great. Absolutely go ahead, move forward, develop that rapport, develop the banter, form that emotional connection and let it take you wherever it needs to take you. Um, if on the other hand, they respond with a neutral or even a negative um, response, then understand that at least in the present moment, they're not open to talking to you. Uh, maybe they're just busy right now, maybe they're in a bad mood, maybe they're having a bad day or something like that, or potentially maybe they are actually holding on to some sort of hurt or pain um, from something in the past. Maybe you didn't think that they were doing that, but they actually are because maybe they perceived something that happened in a different way than you did or something like that. In which case, you know, you may want to step back for a while and try contacting them again later, or if it makes sense, perhaps um, try to directly address that issue with them that maybe they're still holding on to hurt about, uh, like we talked about earlier. So that's how you want to initiate contact with your ex. What you don't want to do, generally speaking, is you don't want to um, approach them with heavy topics about relationships, about the breakup, about all of that sort of thing. Because the purpose of the first contact with your ex is really to just start to restore a sense of rapport between the two of you. It's to get them feeling comfortable about interacting with you again, and it's to allow them to actually start to build the foundation of an emotional connection with the two of you. 
oftentimes I've seen people try to use the first contact with their ex to you know do all the work to do the whole work of restoring the contact build the rapport form the emotional connection and get them to want to get back together with you and to be fair and honest with you that is you know 99 times out of 100 that is way too much for a single communication to do whether it's text message whether it's an email whether that's a handwritten letter whether it's a phone call whether it's something else entirely it's way too much to achieve with just one single communication so just reel it back in a little bit understand that the point of the first communication isn't to save the relationship it's not to do anything extreme and like big like that it's just to show them that they can interact with you in a way that's not going to be awkward it's not going to be weird it's not going to be uncomfortable it's not going to do anything like that and that the two of you can actually start to cautiously rebuild an emotional connection and as that emotional connection starts to get stronger and come into a greater degree of formation beneath the two of you that's when you can start to introduce other topics like talking about the past talking about what didn't work talking about where you want things to go in the future and all of that but there's a time and place for that and most of the time it is not in the initial communication after no contact so um you know, take it slow, be willing to play the long game. Um, I know that breakups suck. I know that they can leave you in a very painful place. Um, but most of the people that I have observed who have been successful in getting back together with their ex, they've been willing to play the long game. They've been willing to go after a relationship that they've wanted for weeks or months even uh, to be able to see it work out, to be able to have things come together with that person that they love because you know, you can't rush it. If you rush it, then you really risk going back into the same dynamics, the same um, problems, the same habits that really most likely led to the downfall of the relationship in the first place. And if you want this relationship to succeed, you have to be able to shift things so that, the, so that you're not doing the things that caused problems in the first place. You're not doing the things that led up to the breakup in the first place. Anyway, that's how you contact your ex after no contact. Um, if you like what we're doing, once again, give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to this channel if you're not already. Um, and of course, please make sure that you're on our newsletter over at relationshipintergame.com. Or if you want to go deeper, consider one of our courses, such as the X Solution Program, over at modernlove.life ESP. You can find links to all of those things and more down in the description box below. With that being said, let's go ahead and check out the chat section, see what folks are talking about on this, at least here in Washington State, a very hot, very sunny Friday afternoon. I think it's afternoon. Yeah, it's technically afternoon here. Um, probably evening elsewhere in the world. Maybe even um, maybe it's even Saturday somewhere else in the world. Okay, we do have a super chat. So. Once again, thank you for the super chats. My understanding of internet etiquette is that I must respond to all super chats. So let's go ahead and start with that. Hey Clay, thanks for answering my question on the previous video. If you could reply to my comment on the ex doesn't want a relationship, that would be great. Um, sure, so I'm guessing that was a comment that you left on um, a different video. So, I mean, once I'm done with this live stream, I can go back and search for that one and go ahead and respond to that one, I guess, unless you want to share what the situation is here, in which case we can talk about that. But uh, otherwise, thanks for the super chat and I'll go ahead and answer that 
um, once this live stream is done. So anyway, other folks are saying, um, I'm on day 26 of no contact and I decided to reach out to him on Wednesday or answer the call when he reaches out. Here is our story. We met almost um, four years ago. We have broken up three times. We were engaged and it's, yeah, okay. Uh, for, we were engaged for a year and he broke up with me on December 17th when our daughter was nine months. Uh, with, within the six months, he was engaged to somebody else. And after two months, they broke up and we started talking and getting along in April. Um, his oldest child, his oldest child's mother died and I was the only one there for him. He didn't want anyone. We were intimate and doing a lot of family stuff together. Then out of nowhere, he has a, well, there's a lot of additional comments there. Out of nowhere, he has a, um, something he says that he is deeply in love with. Um, and he just met her a month ago and they are all over Facebook saying how much they love each other, uh, backed away and started doing no contact and I feel used. And okay, that's the end of your story there. So first of all, um, my understanding, and I can tell you this from personal experience, I think it was, I think it was um, the Gottmans or someone, I forgot exactly where I read it, but they said that the first two years after a uh, couple has a child are really the most difficult years in a marriage or, you know, you could probably extrapolate that into a relationship. Yeah, absolutely, extremely difficult. Um, you go through this major shift of the interaction and the dynamics being about you and them uh, to having this small baby, this small human being to raise that requires lots of chores, lots of activities, lots of doctor's appointments, lots of things to buy, all of that stuff. Um, and it's really easy to lose that connection that you have with your partner and to get caught up in the traps that you may have of, you know, keeping score, of, um, you know, holding things against somebody else, resenting them, all of that sort of thing. Really easy for that to happen. And uh, having lived through the past year of, um, of having my daughter about a year ago um, and experiencing all of the challenges of new parenthood, I can absolutely understand uh, where, where this statistic, if you want to call it that, comes from. Um, but anyway, halfway there, just need to make it for one more year and then apparently things will start to get easier. And that's what I've heard from other people too, is that after about two to three years, things definitely do start to get easier. But going back to what you said, um, yeah, really understandable that things start to get difficult for the two of you nine months after um, your child was born. Um, it sounds like he's been getting into a rebound relationship and then that ended and then he got into another rebound relationship and so on and so forth. Um, and typically that reflects a degree of emotional unavailability, uh, which is also understandable. You know, if you're in that context where you're constantly doing baby related things, uh, your, your whole sense of balance, your whole sense of identity, your whole sense of a relationship with your partner is sort of turned on its head and you're stuck, you know, taking care of a child it's understandable that somebody might start to feel, hey, what happened to my life? I miss my old life. I wanna go back to my old life. 
Um, and so they might start to feel frustrated with their current identity as a parent, as somebody who has these responsibilities, as all of these other things. And so they may want to flee from that identity into something else. Esther Perel says that this is how most, relation, most uh, affairs happen, is that somebody gets frustrated with the identity that they've taken on within a certain relationship. And so they start to look for a release from that identity in another sort of relationship. And that's really what affairs come from. And, uh, you know, it's my belief that you can bypass this dynamic by having a more fluid identity within a relationship. So, I mean, for example, I'm not just, you know, a dad. That's one aspect of who I am, but it's not my sole identity. I still see myself as many other things in addition to that. And, you know, my wife also sees herself as many other things in addition to just being a mom. Um, and so I think that that allows us to not get too frustrated with our current dynamic and for us to have uh, a, a, a more robust relationship because of that. So um, your, your ex is emotionally unavailable, it sounds like, if he's just sort of flopping around from one rebound relationship to another. Um, most likely it's due to him feeling frustrated or disappointed or let down by the person that he believes that he is when he's in a relationship with you doing all the family stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. I think he probably absolutely loves the family stuff. I think he loves having a family. I think he loves, you know, the child that you have together. Don't get me wrong in any way whatsoever. Unless he's a heartless person, he probably really does love all of that stuff. But when he's with you and and your child that you have together he probably sees his identity as you know a very narrow slice of the whole picture of the person that he wants to be and so if you really want to encourage him to have a stronger relationship with you and to potentially get back together with you then you really want to encourage him to express his full identity within the context of the two of you being together and really the three of you being together because you have the child too um, and what this will help him do is to realize that, hey, being with you, being in this family, it doesn't require that I take, you know, 95% of who I want to be and put it on hold and just be, you know, the diaper changing dad or whatever, um, but that I can actually still explore other aspects of who I want to be. I can still do things that are important to me. I can still go on adventures. I can still do cool things. I can still have hobbies. I can still have friends. I can still do all of these other things. And um, um, that's really the most important thing when it comes to bypassing this whole hesitancy, I think, that he's having towards being together with you. It's really allowing him to expand his sense of identity and really helping him to empower himself so that he can move past that uh, constrictive identity that he probably sees for himself. Okay, so anyway, hope that helps you out. Let's see what other folks are talking about today. Um, my ex left me fearing that I could want children uh, one day. He does not want any children. Um, he has, he was back and forth after the breakup. I, I don't know if that means back and forth in general or back and forth about having kids, but he was back and forth after the breakup for seven months. Then I told him that I can't be friends and to call me if he changes his mind. Three months later, 
He is now dating a mother of two children, and they are already on vacation together. How does this make sense? Should I give up hope? I am terrified. Okay, so uh, what happens when a guy says that he doesn't want kids, and then he breaks up with you, and then he ends up dating somebody who does have kids? Well, there's a couple different things. Um, so, I mean, from personal experience, before my wife and I, we had our daughter. Before that, um, I knew that I wanted to have children at some point, but I honestly never really felt ready. I never really felt prepared. I never really felt like I was where I needed to be in my career, where I needed to be in other areas of my life, where I was, where I needed to be in, you know, just different things that were going on. And it's this sort of thing that you could potentially defer indefinitely. Um, you could just kick the can down the road. And of course, circumstances are never going to be perfect. They're never going to be ideal. And um, what actually helped was to, you know, just have my wife be pregnant and then be like, okay, this is happening. I need to get 100% on board. And then that's all you need to do. And you just need to make your life work after that fact. Um, and so he, that, that might be something that, that was going on with him. You know, maybe he kind of did want kids, but he was afraid of what it meant. He was afraid of the responsibility. He was afraid of all sorts of things. I mean, like, you know, how many people claim that they have issues with their mother or father or something like that? And then to think that you might have kids and that your child might grow up someday and then have, like, father issues about you. Like, that's something that's kind of weird to think about. That like my daughter might end up with like father issues for some reason uh, because of some completely innocent thing that I did that she just interpreted the wrong way in like 20 years. That that's like that's totally weird, totally scary, totally crazy uh, when I think about stuff like that. Um, but anyway, um, so that that might be what's going on. He he may have actually wanted to have a family, but he just didn't feel prepared for it and. Uh, maybe something shifted. Okay, another possibility might be that the family issue wasn't really the main thing that drove the two of you apart. Maybe it was something that he told you, but there could have been other issues that were going on beneath the surface, such as a lack of connection, such as a lack of trust, such as um, any number of other things that might have potentially caused him to not want to um, be together with you specifically. Another possibility is that maybe he changed his mind. Another possibility is maybe he did want to have children, but he didn't want to have to go through the, the first you know, couple of years where things are really tough. Um, I, I know this is really stupid and really weird, but um, when, I f when, when we first had our daughter, um, I was actually really uneasy and kind of squeamish about the whole changing diaper things. Um, you know, I don't like messy things. I don't like poop and all that stuff. And I was like, well, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get through the next, you know, two or three years or however long it is until she's potty trained? Um, but, you know, once I did it the first time or the second time or whatever, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, no big deal. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. And potentially he was just uncomfortable with the first phase, not necessarily the poop and the diapers, but maybe it was something else. Maybe it was the sleepless nights, maybe it was, uh, you know, whatever it might have been. And maybe there was a chance that he was thinking like, okay, I can shortcut this if I get together with somebody who already has kids 
and uh, maybe those kids are, I don't know, like let's just say five years old, I can, I can shortcut past that and get to the point where they actually have more of a personality, they can actually understand things a little bit better and, and all of that stuff. Definitely a possibility. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities that could explain why he did what he did, but the bottom line is that he did it anyway. And we can sit here and come up with a countless uh, number of possibilities, a laundry list of possibilities, but the point is, I don't know him. I don't know why he did what he did. He could have done what he did for any number of reasons that we talked about. He could have done what he did for a number of reasons that we have not even talked about at all. But the point is, um, if you do want to have a relationship with him, there's really only three things keeping you apart. Number one is you need to understand why he left the relationship in the first place. Maybe it was the kids thing. Maybe it was something else. You're going to have to go back and look through your relationship, go back and look through your interactions and all of that and kind of figure all of that out. Um, then you also want to look at, okay, can you actually enjoy spending time together? If you can enjoy interacting with one another, then that's going to really also help him to feel more comfortable interacting with you and building a connection with you and possibly even considering building a relationship with you. And then step three is to uh, clear away any friction, any external things that could be keeping the two of you apart. For example, if he is in a relationship with somebody else, obviously he needs to end that relationship before he can be in a relationship with you. So those are really the three things. But I mean, when you really think about it, it all boils down to the emotional connection. Is there a strong emotional connection between the two of you? If there is, awesome. Keep it up. Keep strengthening that connection. If it's not very strong, just ignore everything else and focus solely on that emotional connection. The stronger that emotional connection gets, the closer together the two of you will become, and the closer together the two of you become emotionally, the more likely the two of you will end up in a relationship with one another. Okay, so anyway, I hope that helps you out. Uh, I think we have time for maybe one more question. Let's see what's going on here answered those already. Okay, Lana says, no contact should be done when they are in a rebound. Is that right? He dated all our, or he deleted all of our apps, tells me he wants to concentrate on her right now, and he should not, and he should not reach out first, question mark. Okay, so um, again, it's not a matter of the external stuff. It's really just a matter of does interacting with him bring the two of you closer together or further apart. Now, I know that uh, rebound relationships can be an interesting dynamic. For first and foremost, um, he's probably not feeling comfortable interacting with you right now because he sees you through too much of a romantic lens. Obviously, he feels attraction towards you and compassion towards you. Uh, that's deeper in the emotional world where his unconscious mind is dwelling and he's probably always going to feel attraction towards you. Don't worry about the whole friend zone thing. We've talked about that many times before. Um, but his conscious mind is constantly asking him, why am I hanging out with my ex-girlfriend? What's going on? Why are we getting together? Why are we texting each other? Why are we calling each other? And he doesn't have a good answer to that. And so what he's going to do is he's going to get freaked out by that and distance himself from you because he obviously doesn't want to think of himself as like a jerk who's like cheating on his current girlfriend and um, all that. He wants to believe that he's going to give that new relationship a fair chance. And so what you want to do is you want to take a step back so that he doesn't necessarily have this conscious 
hamster wheel going on in his mind that's telling him, you know, yeah, she's my ex-girlfriend, all, all of that stuff. So that he's not seeing you through this romantic lens. And one way that you can take the pressure off is to refocus his attention on the present moment so he's not worrying about where this, where's this going, where's this leading about, what's the meaning behind all of this and all of that stuff. And instead you can put yourself in the friend zone so that he can have a reason to tell himself why he's spending time with you. Why am I spending time with my ex-girlfriend? Oh, it's because we're just friends. Now he has permission to spend time with you. Now he has permission to interact with you. Now he has permission to, to build up that emotional foundation in a stronger way that's gonna bring the two of you closer together. Um, and as that emotional connection gets stronger and stronger and stronger, then you know eventually he'll just go towards whoever he has the strongest emotional connection with. Uh, you don't necessarily need to do no contact if he's in a rebound relationship. I mean, you might, if interacting with one another is driving the two of you closer or driving the two of you further apart, you might need to do no contact. But if you can actually have interactions that feel good and bring the two of you closer together, then, I mean, there's, there's no reason why you need to cut contact in any way whatsoever. So anyway, hope that helps you out. Uh, once again, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what we're doing here, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to this channel. It helps us out a lot. And if you'd like a little bit extra guidance or strategy, please make sure that you're on our newsletter over at relationshipinnergame.com. It's completely free. Or feel free to sign up for one of our courses, such as the x program, which you can find out more about over at modernlove.life ESP. Anyway, guys, take care. And um, since I am working on Saturdays these days, I will probably talk to you tomorrow in another live stream. Take care.